gonna, gonna be another mountain. Make it move. Oh, it's gonna be an uphill battle. Somebody's gonna have to lose. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Seated at the table for Series 10, Episode 2 is Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. Rachel Flanagan. Hey, everyone. Jamie Ramos. Hi. Kim McIsaac. Hello. I'm Jennifer Dunn. And we have a special guest joining us, Kate Swenson from Finding Cooper's Voice. Hello. Hi. Kate, we are so excited to have you here tonight. Yeah. We're going to talk about her book that is being released tomorrow, Forever Boy. Uh, and Yay. the five of us found each other through Kate's supporter page, which we're going to link in our descriptions tonight, uh, Coop's Troop. Uh, I think it saved all of us, and we can talk about that uh, in length, because Kate, thank you. All of us yes. have come together thank because you. of you. It's the and best. we're so excited to be mm. here. And you have a nonprofit, More Than a Foundation, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you want to talk about that tonight. So could you tell us, for the people who may not know about you, could you please tell us about yourself? Yeah, I just have to first say, isn't it, I mean, amazing when you think about how our child's disability autism brought all of us together. Like, yeah. in the beginning, it's so scary. And then, like, now you have these, like, great friendships. And you know the best people in the world. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Silver yeah. lining. Yeah. yeah. It really is, like, the support that we've, you have to cultivate, right? Yeah. And if we can give that to people earlier... Because, like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us had to wait. I mean, Kim, your daughter's a lot older. Um, Cooper's mm-hmm. 11. Kaya, it's like we had to wait a long time. And now we're giving it to moms when their kids are, like, two and three. Yeah. And you're you're giving it to moms. So thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I am Kate. I live in Minnesota. I have four kids, which still surprises me sometimes. <laughs> Cooper is 11, Sawyer is nine, and then we took a little break. And then now we have two littles who are three, and Winnie is nine months old on the 25th, which Ooh, is also crazy. Yeah. I am incredibly busy all the time, and I'm not one of those people that it's like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, I really am really busy with my kids because they all need so many things all the time. And there's four of them. And there's four <laughs> so of you don't them. have to be doing anything and you're still busy. Yes. Yeah. They're always hungry. They always need something. And everybody's home during the COVID. Yes. I mean, you are just doing it all, right? Yeah. All the things. And I like to be really busy. I'm not meant to be a stay-at-home mom. It's not who I am at my core. I totally respect women that can do that. And I wish I was more like that. I uh, go a little stir crazy and I like have my self-worth tied to like work and I need to work on that. It's like a mental thing. So COVID has been really hard for me to be home with kids and teaching. And I, yeah, I wrote a book during COVID. So I did that. Yes. And I have my Facebook page, Finding Cooper's Voice, Instagram, which I share more of the inside look of what we do. I do influencing and writing and videos and all the things. Yeah. People are like, is that a job? And I'm like, well, it is. Yes. <laughs> it is a job. It <laughs> yes, really I love is. <laughs> jobs, actually. Thank you. Yes. yes, yes. Oh, I mean, I, I never thought know. it could be. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I say this all the time because... I mean, I struggle to write once a week. <laughs> you can do it like several times a day. I, I mean, it definitely is a job. Yeah. I, I, mean, I talk to a lot of other, I'm sure you guys, you all write too. Like I do my best writing when I just like pull out my phone and have like 10 minutes and like write on my phone. If I have to like sit down and write, that's hard for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, we always talk about 
you know, we met the five of us. Uh, Rachel's like, it's kind of like Kate bought our table. Yeah, Bob <laughs> at our table. Bought our table and you yeah. brought us together. Did you add so, my name on it? Like, it's like a, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the one. You know, actually, when the ladies are in Minnesota, I think we might use your table. So you might, yeah. Come on might. over. Okay. Yeah. We have a plan. Oh, sorry. sorry, kids. No um, breakfast today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we all we all met through your supporter page. And like you had said, you know, Kim didn't have that 25 years ago. You didn't have that 11 years ago when Cooper was being, di- being diagnosed. And, and, you know, I've read your book and it is tearjerker. It is everything. And I said to the ladies, I, I kind of reread it in preparation for the interview. And I said, I felt like I was at your table. I felt like I was in your living room. I felt like I was in your kitchen. And I remember early on not having that support. And then I remember finding your page in the middle of the night, in the middle of desperation of not knowing another person in the world that knew anyone with autism. And I stumbled across your page and you gave the five of us this kind of lift up and courage to carry on and kind of do our thing. And it brought us together. Yeah. So what brought you to writing this book? How did you get here? We know you went viral. Jimmy yep. <laughs> so, yeah. How did it lead you to this book though? Yeah. So I started writing in my living room before Cooper was diagnosed. So I didn't know it was autism. I mean, I knew it was autism, but I didn't know it was autism. And I just felt really alone, really isolated. I'd go to these mommy and me classes. I would go to evaluations with Help Me Grow, which is a Minnesota program that evaluates kids. And it was just so blatantly obvious that my kiddo was so different. Like it was not apples to apples. It wasn't even apples to oranges. Like we, you know, all the kids would be playing and Cooper would be, (laughs) sweet little Cooper would be like beating on the door like, ah! I'm just trying to play. Like, what's happening here? Um, you know, I, I remember I would leave those meetings, and I my husband worked in banking. He worked for Wells Fargo, and he had a pretty big job. And I would call him after everyone, and I would like sometimes scream, sometimes cry, and I'd be like, something is so wrong. And I always thanked him still to this day for answering the phone because he would probably have to step into like a, like a closet to like take the call. And I, cause I was so manic. So I started writing and no one read my work. Does anyone, did anyone start like on the old WordPress platform? Does anyone, it, it was so different than it is now. Like you would write something and like, you would have to like follow blogs to be able to read them. Yeah. yeah. And I had like four followers and like, I followed <laughs> Some other blogs too, and I can still remember those like moms. I don't know where they are now, but I still remember them, like because they saved me and you know gave me courage to write. Yeah. Then I, I had no desire for anyone to read my stuff. Yeah. And if I read it back, it's really bad. Someone just told me that they like that they were like, I got into your old stuff, and oh, that's raw. <laughs> <laughs> that's early. That's early. <laughs> yeah. So then I remember the day I started a Facebook page, and I don't remember. Actually, I do. The reason I did is I would go to work and I would listen to videos while working, like Facebook videos. That was like a relatively new thing. And for anyone that follows me knows, I used to listen to Coffee Talk. She's a New oh. Jersey housewife. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. And she would talk about narcissism and like, and it just spoke to me that this woman would just every morning just talk into her camera and like word vomit. And, and I was like, well, that seems fun and nice and kind. And like, oh my gosh, so helpful. <laughs> so then I started, <laughs> I remember when I had a thousand followers and I loved 
I actually remember saying, I think I'm going to bring Cooper to go see Elmo at the Mall of America, but I'm really scared because it's going to be really hard. And they're like, oh, go. It'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> and I went, and then that's my first time going viral was when I did that video. Yeah. Yep. And those, I'm a, I'm a very different person now. I don't do those kind of videos anymore just because I, I don't, I can't take the scrutiny that comes with them. But um, I think that those videos helped a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Oh my Those gosh. early videos. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. remember we must've been a year into Nixon's diagnosis. This is vivid in my brain. I was up in our, our bed in the dark searching YouTube to try and figure out. And I came across your video of when you were talking about Cooper ever speaking mm -hmm. and saying things to you. And I was sobbing in my bed. I'm not kidding you. And it was almost like a light switch for me that this must be what it, what it is, you know? And yeah, like I can bring myself back there right now. Like I was legitimate yes. and it was an old video of yours. And then I was like, who is this? I gotta figure out how do I get connected? I need more information. Someone I have a funny that. story about the Elmo video. So I remember watching that when, what year was that? That was that 2016 or 17? Yes. When 16 I probably. I can't remember when yesterday was, um, but I remember watching, my son was born in 2015, but I remember watching that video and my son was really hard. And I was, I just, you know, like we all, I thought I just had a really difficult toddler. And I remember yes. watching that video and you saying that Cooper was six, I think. And I was just like, oh man, things are so hard for me right now, but this poor lady. <laughs> and then here I am like several, we were just on an airplane. My son like bit me so hard. And I was just like, oh, these moments here I am at seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor lady Kate. Now it's like, no, I'm getting off of it too. But it was just but, like, uh, I just remember feeling so bad for you. I'm like, Oh yeah. my son, grow out of this. Yes. You know, I didn't know anyone that had a child with autism. So for me, I. when I found Kate in the middle of the night, and it literally was in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. it always it was just this yeah. despair, this moment of how can I do this? Nobody understood. Nobody understood what aggression was. Nobody understood the scream. People are like, oh, my kid screams. I'm like, lady, she could shatter your windows. I mean, you have no idea. You know, that and kind go of level. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. that level of nobody understood. And I found this log finding Cooper's voice. And it was like, I, 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 I know this woman, I connected with this woman and it's you in it. I just, I know I speak for all of us. You changed our lives. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. My whole, I remember the, the first post, post you submitted to me, Jen, I can still see Kaya in that hat. Oh my oh, God. Oh my God. That hat picture. But when you wrote, like, <laughs> I, you wrote the most powerful post that one that I have, have ever shared. And it was like, you had this line, you're like, I'm not saving money for, a, how did you word it? You were saving I'm money. I'm not for saving money for a college education. I'm saving money for a group, like for my, when I die. Yes. It gives me goosebumps right now. Cause I yeah. remember like, it's, it's just takes so much courage to say those things. And I think having that kind of courage can piss people off, but it also inspires 95% of people. <laughs> so to I that, I say what, thank you because yeah. you gave all of us that courage because I would have never been able to talk about it. I don't think I, I couldn't even talk about it with people that I knew Kaya's dad. Oh, I couldn't no. talk about it until you gave all of us that outlet to talk about it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Rach, what were you saying? I think so much of what we try and do as a podcast is about the no reservations aspect. Like we have been the mom in the closet on the kitchen floor, sobbing alone before we had each other, before we, you know, there was this one moment where we heard something that drew us into this network. Mm -hmm. 
And we just try and really keep it real as you do in your writing, no matter how far you and Cooper have come or how far your family has come through different hurdles or skill sets or this or that issue, you know, you can take a look at the whole view, the root, the the hard, the lesson learned at the end. Mm-hmm. But this is how we're trying to handle it. And I think it's just so important. Like if you're going to talk about this life to share the message that you needed to hear when you were most alone. And so whether well, it's aggression or what Kate talked about dynamic, that other people didn't Rach, and I think you can agree is that Kate talked about, I'm talking like you're not here, Kate. You talked about, you know, everyone talks about <laughs> autism and the gifts and the beautiful joys that our children bring. But I think you were the first person to talk about the heart. And that allowed everyone else to talk about the heart that yes. nobody else wanted to talk about. Well, and where I struggled was, and I will still have this fight, is for anyone that says you're negative, it's like, no, I'm talking about our reality. Yeah. And I started to doubt myself. I was like, is me planning for Cooper's care after 18 living with me negative? And I'm like, what's that negative? I'm like, realistic. I started to get get like distorted. Like people are like, you're limiting him and you're keeping him infantized. And like, you're, and I'm like, what? Like no one pushes that kid harder than me. Like that's obvious, you know? I got the giant note cards going over here, people. We're working as best we can. Well, the other thing no one talked about was like, that I noticed was like the journey of the mom. And it's like, so that's like my big, you know, what they say, like hill I'm going to die on is like, when you get that diagnosis, like you think it's just about your kid. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to get the therapy set up. I'm going to get the, the medical stuff figured out. We're going to get him potty trained. We're going to get him in the right schools and he'll be fine. It'll be fine. I will tell you this. Let's just say, even if Cooper did suddenly miraculously change, which it's not going to, I would say he did. I would still be like reeling and like lost and confused. So it's like, we have to focus on the mental health of the mom and the dad and the caregiver because we're the ones driving the ship. And like, no one wanted to talk about that. Where your writing really comes from in how I'm saying that you will talk about a struggle, but then bring the hope in and bring the lesson through. Our kids share an autism diagnosis and, and an ADHD diagnosis. But my daughter is girl autism. <laughs> she is like, there's a lot of nodding at this table. Yeah. Odd, but it's hard to find a girl mom. And yeah. And I hear that a lot. Yeah. And yet being able to watch your journey through and like when I saw your first videos, not your first videos, but when I first saw your videos, I realized I was speaking just like you to Celie without knowing what Sam L. I was doing. So watching you bring all these therapeutic aspects to your lessons and your writing, whether it's from an OT and, you know, a speech therapist or a mom with a little bit more journey ahead. I just have appreciated every piece. Mm. I I think that's why your community has grown and stayed how it is because it's powerful. Yeah. And I think when people look back and see the chairs line, I know when you do like these, 
these pictures of flashback um, articles you'll write with the pictures lined up. I mean, that was such a significant time. And I think for most people to not understand those freaking chairs lined up. I mean, I felt like I was in your living room with him compulsively lining those chairs up. And to most people, that wouldn't seem like a lot. But we all of us at this table know you move a chair and your left leg is gone. I mean, (laughs) an inch. Don't you think as parents too, when you're in those hardest moments, it is never going to get better. You are, you are (laughs) drowning. Your ship is under. It's never going to get better. And now maybe Kim can relate to some of this. I look back and I'm like, Oh, it's so cute. When you line those chairs up. I feel like it's even worse when you come out of it, when you come out of the hottest of the hot, because you're just in survival. I don't even think you can think of this is going to get better because it's, you're just doing what you can, but then when you get better and then there's like a little regression or whatever you want to call it, it's like, then it feels like the end of the world because then it like, it all comes rushing back, you know, Um, and and it might be a day where that was like, before that would be months, you know, but a day now I'm like, how did I do that back then? (laughs) (laughs) It's hour by hour, you know what I mean? Yes hour by hour and then it's like if you have like a couple of good hours within the day like you're you're doing great and then it's days you know you have good day a good day and then it's like it just kind of slowly kind of you know evolves I guess I have a sentence in here um when we talked to the social worker and who who drops a bomb on us and I said we have no good days anymore we have okay days and bad days and that's a very real statement I think that might be hard for someone outside our world to understand but there was years where we had no good days and that is suffocating because I remember I was like, you know, Friday at 3 p.m. is coming up and I'm like, how are we going to survive till Monday? Like, I wouldn't know how we were going to survive. So when the new mamas in our Coops troops, like when they say things like, I, I can't get through this day, it's like, I can go back there. And it's like, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through, but you're not going to feel like you're going to make it through. Yeah. Well, it's a grind. It's just a grind. It's a different type of energy and effort and you know, it feels like endless days sometimes, you know, just grinding, 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 especially when your kids can't do most things for themselves. You know, you're just like managing as best you can in this cloud of kind of like mystery, (laughs) mystery cloud. And I I think there's something about having somebody else who can understand that, who goes through that, you know, they understand when you say like, this is, what, whatever it is they and you can laugh about things that aren't really funny and you can say things that like other people wouldn't understand and just having somebody like some like with her I felt like it was just us like it didn't seem like they were yeah sure there were other kids with autism there was not other girls and nobody seemed as severe as her like That's there our- was nobody that couldn't talk at all there was nobody that seemed like they were at her level of where she was at that time it's like even people from the schools I didn't understand it's like they're like oh just do this oh just tell her no and I'm like you can't tell her no you say you come tell her no (laughs) yeah you say the word no and she might be one way at school with you know five people with her it's different so it's like but having (laughs) somebody else who can truly understand that like yeah. I think what a game changer would have been if I could have had that. Uh, we always refer to, to Kim because she's a lot farther ahead on this journey and she has a girl. So I, you know, I was drawn to her. Um, I, Me I too. I talk page, to Melissa Kate. all the time. Yeah, but I was drawn to Kim. You know, you mentioned her page. I went right over to her because she has an adult. She's an adult daughter with autism, which 
growth on the spectrum, we know, um, are a little harder to diagnose and they're not um, as often diagnosed as boys. Uh, but we all found Kate's page. But Kate, what was what brought you to Forever Boy? This is life changing. I've read this book and I have to tell you, I told the ladies, it's one of those books that you can't put down at the light. You're driving. You can't put it down at the light. You just want to keep reading it. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to tell you, I just did an interview with our local paper and the, the interviewee lady, um, she doesn't have a child autism and no autism in her life. And she's like, I love the marriage part. She's like, I read it twice. She's like, did your, does your husband know? And I was like, no, he hasn't read it. And she's like, what? <laughs> I know. She's like dying. She's like, she's like, she thought it was like just scandalous. She's like, what? Yeah. But she's like, you had a way of like writing it where you, neither of you were bad guys or how did she say it? She's like, you guys were both the bad guys and both the good guys. And I was like, but that's real life. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't going to, there's no finger pointing. There was I laughed no- at the part where you got pregnant with Sawyer. Like, I don't know how this happened. We don't sleep. We pass each other in the night. <laughs> Actually, Sawyer's a Fifty Shades of Grey baby. I was in a book club and I had that in here and it got Wait, cut. You are being recorded, do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I had it in the book and it got cut out. They're like, no one really? cares that you read Fifty Shades of Grey and went home. And I was well, like, yes, that's we do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. We My target market now. Like, I don't know how it happened. We pass in the night. We take sleeping shifts. Yeah, I was saying this earlier. That was like that was what I was most excited to like read about. Like you know, me too. I, and it's yeah. not just about autism, I can't wait. Just to. about this whole you know. I just wanted to jump in and like help you guys. Like I'm like, I wish I could jump in this book and like you know because you can you could just see it and all the feelings and all the you know. Obviously, we know that it comes together in the end because we know you. But um, it was like it was in real time. You know, we all been through that to certain degrees and. I just felt I just felt so bad for you guys. We just, I was like so excited at the end. We just <laughs> did a, a relationship episode on this podcast, and all of us were like, oh. <laughs> "I don't know if we want to dive right into yeah. that whole." Well, thing. they're all going through divorces. Meanwhile, I'm like, "Well, if you're looking for a husband, please send your resume to table for five at gmail.com. I need a husband." <laughs> yeah, well, I have one for you. I, I feel like that's the hardest, the hardest uh, part to open up about. It, I, I don't know because of, of the intimacy or the, the like, marriage part. Yes. Yes. About like when you're writing or talking and maybe it's for the other person's privacy or whatever the case may be, but it is so complicated the way that it changes your yeah. marriage in like a very dramatic uh, way because you both are processing the diagnosis and going through all those feelings and trying to manage the life. Um, but it's hard to talk about. So I can't, that's, well, it's like you don't want to view them in a bad light either. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you're writing, but it's like sometimes that's how you feel at, at that time. You know that whatever <laughs> that situation is. Mm-hmm. And my husband still doesn't let me down. Um, live down when I did the interview with you, and I I was like, oh, it's like I was a single mother. So he still brings that up. I'm like, you were working. I wasn't saying anything bad about you. But like, I was like a single mother. I was. You can get home to 11 o'clock at night. And he's always like, I know, you're a single mother. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) You talk a lot in Forever Boy about how you and Jamie processed it differently. And I always say to the ladies of Okaya's dad and I are not, we're not married. Uh, We were together for almost 20 years. I always tell the ladies, hats off to all of you for having uh, partners because him and I would have not survived this. 
we agree on nothing autism. We agree on, we agree on nothing therapy. We agree on nothing. So to all of you that have stayed married, I always say congratulations. So reading it in the book, I felt a little justified in how I felt because you were a mom and you grieved and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like on some level reading it, you know, I think you grieved the child you thought you'd have and and having all these things happen. And then there's the man who grieves it very differently. And so I think that in itself causes emotions, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're not grieving the same way for your child. Mm -hmm. And that was very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we saw things so differently. Like we could look at the same thing and like have just entirely different thoughts. I remember Jamie saying all the time for a lot of years, like, well, once he starts talking, he'll be fine. Like he was, like he had this, like, if he could just communicate, he'll be fine. Like, and once we can get him talking, he'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. he would, and I've done justifications like that too. Like I, yeah. I would do that too. But what was hard was I hit my bottom early because I went through the, the process much faster because I was living it. And then it was like my whole family and Jamie were still like in Lala autism land. And I was like, I have no time for you. Like this either, either like shit or get off the pot, like come help me or, and I remember having some like very strong conversations with my mom, like just like different things. Like, you know, I would send Cooper there and as a grandma should, she'd load him up with candy and gluten yeah. and all this stuff and dairy and all this stuff. And he'd gluten. come home. I know. And he'd come home and like, I'd have to drive home, like holding him because he would be attacking me and his brother. And I remember like calling her one time right after and I was like, this is going to stop. Like when I give you directions for him, you're going to follow them, which is so not like me. Like I'm not mm-hmm. like that. And I remember her being like, well, what do I feed him? And I was like, oh my God, like you have to understand, like he, he hurts us and himself when we have to, we have to follow these rules. And that's what autism does is it forces you to follow these rules and this path that you don't want to necessarily follow. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Yeah. So, um, you know, relationships is a huge part of this. Like I remember doing this really early on video when it dawned on me that like you can have people in your life that you love more than anything that love you, love your child, but they cannot give you what you need in in that moment. And I have, um, my sister will never watch this so I can say this. I have a story in here where I talk about this person that was like, she would call me all the time and she stopped asking about Cooper and she would ask about Sawyer. And one day I was like, why don't you ask about him anymore? And she's like, cause it got too hard. It was just too sad hearing you be sad all the time. So I stopped asking and little did she know is like, that just made me livid because she made him non-existent. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, she's a wonderful person. She's amazing. I love her to death, but she, she could not do the autism thing. It was too hard. Well, in the book, you I, there was one part where you you said you called your mom and you it was when you're picking Cooper up from daycare before he was diagnosed, and you talked about does does Cooper know who I am? And I was like, oh my god, I remember that vividly yeah. because my child needed. I always say Kaya needed nothing from me except to be changed and fed. Cooper she needed. I I remember when her dad was visiting. I was like, oh, let's go downstairs, <laughs> and he's like, well, we can't, we can't. I can't leave her. I'm like, no, yeah. actually, actually we can. Yeah. And, and everyone, uh, Jamie, you can edit out what you need to edit out because that might sound very strange to people. <laughs> However, it was, it, it literally, she needed nothing from us, but to be in her exosaucer watching Elmo. She needed a snack. She needed nothing else from me. That's the reality of it. I could have left her and I didn't 10 hours a day in her exosaucer and she needed nothing. So when I read that 
part about Cooper. I was like, oh, God, that's so familiar to me. Well, that's what I love about the book is because, like, for me as a parent of an autistic child, like, it brought back so many memories. I blocked things. Like, and also, like, when you're in it, you're not, like, writing down memories (laughs) and taking pictures. Mm -hmm. You're in it. And all the pictures you are taking aren't real. You take, you get, like, the one happy moment. I remember, like, we would tickle Jesse a ton and he would smile. So all the pictures are him, like, cracking up because that's the reaction I could get. So reading, like your beginning with like your school diagnosis was so Mm -hmm. close to ours. Like, like how you guys had to vote. I don't want to give it too much away from the book, but Mm -hmm. ours was really similar. They're like, well, we're not sure. So we're just going to say yes. Uh, And we're like, aren't you guys supposed to be experts? (laughs) But for me, I can relate so much to that. But I also like, I want to give this to my kids principal. I want to give it to like all these other people who don't have autism in their life to be like, this is what I'm talking about. Like you just explain it so well. And I want to just read one little part from the book. And this goes a little back to what we were talking before about like the community. And you talk about how there's two types of like parents when it comes to, there's like the parents that are really positive, everything's great. And then there's the really negative. And this is a part where you're at the school and Cooper's teacher is saying really positive things to you and you've never heard before. And you say, I have often wondered if the beginning would have been easier for me, for our family, if just one person had spoken positively about our son's future. Mm. What if instead of telling us about all the things he would supposedly never do, they said, it's going to be hard at first, like most things, you will bend and almost break, but you will survive. It will be great. And your child will be great. And that part for me, like reading this book, like made me think obviously about like my relationship to you. And I was like, that's who you are. Cause we're talking about how real you say everything is, but you also give hope. Like you're also positive. So it's, you took like these two crazy worlds, which we've all been in those groups where like you say one wrong thing and you're attacked like crazy, but like Coop's troop and your page was that place where it's like, you can talk about the hard, but there's also moms Safe. like him and Amy, like that are like, it gets better. It doesn't always get easier, but it gets different. And I, I specifically remember you saying that it doesn't get easier, but it gets different. And that's it. Things change. Things will change. And I think we wholeheartedly need both of those things when you're going, walking through this life. Yes. You need to talk about the hard. You need to t- talk about when something makes you sad. Like, I think that everybody should be able to do that. But you also need to have the power of yet and the hope and all these things. You need both of those in your life. Because you can't just be hopeful and then like ignore the things that are happening. And you can't just be sad and then not have hope. Yeah, exactly. And, Jamie. I was and like Jamie early on, sorry, Debs. Uh, one of the most profound things you ever said to me, and it was before, I think it was maybe right before you launched your supporter page. And I was in the thick of the heart and the thick of aggression. I didn't know what's happening. And you text me and you said, I'm here, girl. And it's okay to sit in it, but you have to get up. I was like, Oh, I said that. You told me it was okay to sit in it, but that I had to get so wise. That's the thing. Okay, so when I look at these toxic positive, there's so there's a lot of toxic positivity pages that are actually really negative, mean pages that I hear about. I and I will sneak at a peek at after a few drinks, and I'm like, oh, you're so mean. But the thing is, is that I was running for a lot of years from the feelings. As long as I stay busy, another therapy, we're going to try gluten-free, we're going to remove dairy, we're going to do feeding therapy, we're going to try all these things. I kept running and chasing and I would never feel it because once I felt it, then it was real. Then it was reality. So my biggest advice now for moms is like, when it hurts, just step into it. 
Like don't fall in the rabbit hole because then you'll be there for days, but just and don't Google while you're there. Nope. No, no. <laughs> your toe in. And like, I just had a thing the other day. You told me to sit in it. You told yep. me to sit in it and then come out of it. And, yep. And I had a thing the other day that really hurt. It hurt. Oh, we had, we had Sawyer's birthday party and there was all the kids here were Cooper's age. And I mean, the, the, you can't hide from the differences when something like that. And, and I'm okay with that. Cooper's exactly who he's supposed to be. But there was a few moments where I was like, this really hurts. It hurts my tummy. And I don't, I'm sad. And I let myself just feel it for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get out and go have fun now. But that's how we heal. Like, that's how we grow. I have this theory that these moms, they just kept running from it for so long that now that they just have to be angry at everyone that's joyful. (laughs) Well, you talked about, you know, the final evaluation process where Cooper was not deaf and the lady sat down and talked to you about it. And and then you talked about, you can fill out the boxes, however you choose, but the (laughs) same thing. And I was like, girl, that was me. I fibbed every box I could fib. And I was like, damn it, the red flags, they're still 15. What do I need to go back? I filled out the M chat so many times online, so Mm, many times. Me too. And I remember being like, "Oh, we're fine now." Autism, autism. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) This time, it's gonna go another way. I gave my son a baby doll, trying because I knew part of the ADOS was them interacting with baby doll. I gave him a baby doll, like this is what we do with it. Like, come on. I was horrible. Like trying to make him act it out so he could act it out. And they're the test. Well, we had zero like, information. We had none of this. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. Yeah. The internet. Well, and it's these little pings, these little pings of time where if you don't take it in, then you do just collect into the bucket. And then eventually you're going to hit a wall where just comes out in the weirdest places like the grocery stores like some person cutting you off in traffic or whatever the case may be but I think the thing that you were saying about like talking about it having a community is that parents and caregivers and whoever is caring for a child we are lost in the process like no one's sitting in front of us saying Mm. how are you doing what's going on with you it's all focused on our kids and what's going on with our kids and the first time I ever had a provider say, how are you doing? I just started Me too. A speech therapist. I just started weeping. I had a doctor ask. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, why has no one asked me this before? We've been in this process for over a year at, at this point, And no one has literally looked me in the face and said, how are you doing? Oh, and it was like breathtaking. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. I got to go. <laughs> like, I, don't, I really <laughs> don't want to talk to you about this, but I'm glad that you asked me, you know? Yeah. That it happened, was- that first, how are you, happened mm-hmm. to me at a Minnesota meetup. The first time I <gasps> met you, talk you about Kate. that. I remember, I, I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Girl, I was sitting, for those of you that haven't heard, I um, first left my house like 20 minutes early. I wasn't going to come. And then I, I drove halfway there and decided I was just going to park in the parking lot for just a minute and just calm down. Maybe I would clean out my car. Maybe because my <laughs> husband thought I was there, I could just have two hours off and I could just clean my car or like sit with yeah. salt and pepper, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Then I organized my car quick and I saw a, a car go by with two ladies and they were like laughing and I'm like, well, I'm never going to be that if I don't <laughs> go meet some people that make this herd go away. And 
I pulled into the parking lot and um, Amy Schluter and Hannah were getting out of their car. Um, oh, the best ever. <laughs> and girl, if I had not made eye contact with them, I would have got back in my damn car and left. <laughs> but I knew that they were there and I knew that they knew that I was there. Even if we didn't know each other yet, I knew that we both had that thing about us. <laughs> like <laughs> That hope that we were going to meet somebody and like that exhaustion that only we know. And, and then you were at a table with Caroline and Courtney, the A-team. No, I was not. Oh, I thought they were right next to you. No. They came to me like stink on Yeah, it. these are my two good friends. <laughs> so what <laughs> happened is mom. I'm sitting in this room. I Amy and Hannah are at my table. And then all of a sudden, Kate walks in. Jamie walks in. I start sweating in all the places. Kate's gorgeous <laughs> hair is just as Nordic blonde as you know it is. <laughs> She's just as nice. She looks nervous too. Why the f- is she nervous? I know how to stand in her kitchen. She's in mine every day. We have all these We're obviously people. best friends. Well, like what? I know everything about you. So then um, I'm sitting in the center of the room and everybody's, you know, they're going around that terrible thing that you do at a place where you're Oh, I love that. People. It was the best part. I know, but it, oh my God, it makes me sweat. You know, it those is so situations. So is it like a move the chair? Move the oh chair. Oh, yeah. No, everybody's Just who are table. you and tell us Hi. what your kid was Oh, you have to do a yourself. speech. Do a speech. Okay. <laughs> Hi, my kid is this. And blah, blah. So then I stand up. Hi, I'm Rachel Flanagan. And, and that's the last thing I remember. And then I sat down sweating and sobbing. And I declared myself an ugly crier. And then all the rest of the room is happening. And I still can't hear. Shit. And then it's over. That part's over. And two people touch me on the shoulder, like, hi, we're here to save your life. My name is Caroline. And uh, this is who you're going to talk to. And my name is Courtney. And this is who you're going to talk to. And Kate touches my shoulder. And she's like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, why is there a problem? Like, I don't know. Did I just have a breakdown and ugly yep. crying for all yep. the people? <laughs> yep, you did. Yeah. You did. I'm, like, we'll get you, I'm like, we'll get you set up with services. Don't you even fret. I was calling the crisis number within 36 hours. And um, I knew who to have at my house. I knew how to answer the questions. I knew what to do. And Kate, I had insurance for my daughter. I mean, you know, the whole thing. I just want to thank you for Oh my gosh, yes. All of but it, it shouldn't but, be like I, that. I, like, yeah. Rachel, how you're a smart lady and like you don't know where to go for services. Like that's what, so this is what the thing that ticks me off. This is why yeah. I created Hoops Troops is like, I remember going to like special needs mom things, different things and being like, how do I get help? And everyone's like, don't I know, so weird. Then it will take my help if I help her. I then my help that. gets smaller. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, not in my group. No, 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 no. It's so like, this so is, weird. So An weird. amazing segue and to talk about Coop's Troop because I think that that it's not, it's, I mean, there's a ton of supporter pages. There's a ton of stuff out there, but this specific group, I think was the first, and I can say this wholeheartedly, it has saved lives. It has changed lives. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. It brought me to these women um, and to you, but can you talk about Coop's Troop and everyone listening, we are going to put a link to our Kate's supporter page. Uh, we'd be happy to sponsor anyone that would like to come in there for the first month. Uh, we'll pick one or two people. We'd be happy to do that. Uh, but Kate, can you please talk about Coop's Troop, how that came about? Yeah. So uh, I would say it's been three years now and Facebook approached me and they always, uh, was the size of my page. They'll ask me to try things. They're like, try this or try this. And I remember being like, 
someone paying for content that's insane I was like (laughs) everything I do is for free right like that's the thing so I said no for a long time and then um I just told the story the other day and then I wrote a post about Cooper was at my mom's and we took our other two kids to the beach and I wrote a post about I thought it was beautiful about how I was able to parent different when I have Cooper I have to be hyper vigilant and one of us has to be on him he's a runner and this was the first time that I had sat with like my one-year-old and did a sandcastle and it was beautiful and I was gonna made sure to put like Cooper's being spoiled by grandma's he grandma he didn't want to be here anyways and I got just ripped up tore up attacked because obviously what I was saying was I didn't want Cooper and I love my other two kids more and at the time I was like I think I'm done now like I think I've I've been beat up enough I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to defend my feelings I don't I'm like, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. Maybe I'm the, you know, I was just so lost. So then I was like, I'm going to try that supporter thing. Like I, I mean, so it's $4.99 a month. And I was like, that's a lot of money to some people, but I was like, it's not, you know, it's not a crazy amount of money. I'm like, I'm going to try. So I threw up the link and I did a video and overnight I had like a thousand people that were in it. And I actually did one of my first lives. That's something that most people don't know. I don't actually, doing live videos is really new for me. That's just like in the last six months on my big page. But I did my first live video and it was like that video of like the the older lady, like, hello. <laughs> I was so awkward. Like I was like, hello, I'm here. Um, and I remember I just showed my kids and I showed my husband and I showed our life. And I felt this peace. I felt this calm. Like I was like, I felt like I had found the place where I could say, like, can we talk about meds without you, you judging? You had built me? this safety. So yeah, just for like, anybody that I doesn't say- know, being in this 499 group means that well, you're, you're in the safety. Yeah. Like, and like a, 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 someone that hates me isn't going to probably pay yeah. that. Or <laughs> the thing is, like, when you, like, talk on Facebook openly, like you're reaching someone that lives like in their mom's basement who is 40 and you're reaching someone in another country. And it's, it's, I was very, um, naive to the, the dangers of the internet. I, I really, truly was, I can admit that. And I wanted to be able to ask questions and I wanted to be able to say, this is really hard and not have to immediately say, but I love my son. Everyone knows that you have to be like, autism is really hard, but I love my son more than anything. He's amazing. But this you know, I didn't want to do that. And, um, it's been the best thing that I've ever done is my supporter group. I have met so many people. I have met the best people. I know their kids. I know their husbands. I know their stories. I know their names. I feel like and and my goal is as cheesy as it sounds. My true goal is to give someone a friend that they can text at three in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know that's so cheesy. And people laugh. Like, that's no. what we that's we how we each found other's. each other. Right? This is how and the five of us say we really couldn't be any more, any more polar opposite. I mean, no. I think I mean the five of us coming together was just this and it spawned from from Coop's troop. We just the five of us connected, and that's that's what happened. And people say that all the time. They're like, "Oh, we wish we had friends the way you guys do." Like, well, yeah. we met on the internet. We didn't have that either. We met on Coop's troop. We're like, we yeah, did not get in that. a Zoom room, and just we're coming full circle in freaking April. Minnesota. We're gonna be in Minnesota for your event. All Kate. of us. Talk so about it's your like event a, real it's quick. It's a whole full circle, which is mind-blowing. We met on the internet through your group, yeah. and then we're going to meet in person for the first yes. time 
at one of your events. It's going to be epic. My so I am having a, a special needs moms event May 1st in Stillwater, Minnesota, which is the cutest, quaintest town. Rachel knows that. It's so cute. It's actually at this amazing it's venue. It's like Stars Hollow, just because yep. I know you're a Gilmer girl. It's- I found the venue I wanted and it was way out of the price range and I made it work. It's beautiful. I can't wait for y'all to see it. And I invited two amazing women, Carrie Cariello, the best writer of all time. And she knows yeah. I say that every time I say her name. Love her. I do. This boy Jack. This yep. boy Jack. Love and it. Jackie Moore, who has Jordan's Summer Shirt Project, because I wanted to appeal to the older... Well, actually, Jack's older too. He's going oh, yeah. to college. Yay. Um, but when I think of Jordan, or when I think of Jackie, it's kind of a different a different story. Carrie speaks more to the mom. So it's perfect. And then I'm going to talk and we're going to have this beautiful brunch and drinks galore. We're VIP ladies. We're VIP. (laughs) And we're going to chat and laugh and hug. And this year it's open to just Coop's Troops Mama. So I think we're going to be about 150. But my dream is that like three years from now, it's like a three day event with like 600 people. Because here's the thing. If COVID would have never happened, hello, there would <laughs> never be Zooming. So Coop's Troops turned to Zooming. And that's where we all, I mean, that's where it really came, yeah. yep. us seeing each other face to face. So we're going to get all these mamas in the same room. And it's going to be just, it's going to be life-changing, I think. We can't wait. All we talk about again. it every day. So excited. We talk about it every day. I said April because we leave in April. We'll be there on May 1st at the event. Yeah. But and we've talked about it for a while, but now that we all have bought plane tickets, now it's like, this is really happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to do book signings, which I think is super fun. It's going to be a really nice thing. And I think we we just need face-to-face. Mm. We need to hug. Uh, we need to we need a hug. Yes. Thank but you I think know. that is something that we've never had. Like, we've, we've not had that. I mean, your Facebook page and your group was the first time this has happened for moms like us. Yeah. For special needs parents, children on the spectrum that had nowhere to go. Your page yeah. gave that to us, Kate. So yeah. we have, um, in Minnesota, I try to do an event every month. That's relatively new. Like last month we went through Axes, which I'm, oh, I'm, a, so I'm a ringer, by the way. <laughs> I had no idea. Hidden talent. But we threw Axes. Like we went to trampoline parks. We've done all these different things. And I, the friendship that you have, I see in these Minnesota moms too. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota group is really amazing women. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to watch it unfold. I mean... I think that the, the you know the advice that I always give women or men whoever and you know this is it part of the blogger group it's like just start talking about autism like you have to start like in the beginning I couldn't talk about it I could not talk about it I could not say it I had to practice on target cashiers I had to like <laughs> did anyone else have to do that and then I would say this is my son Cooper he's autistic but he's super high functioning farthest from the truth but. I think if I can give advice to any of your listeners, it's like, seriously, start a conversation with your mailman and your aunt and your the the teacher at school and just start talking about it. Normalize this life because our lives shouldn't be our, I think our lives are normal. That's why I share it. I think our lives are normal. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I used to like blurt it out at the like most like person that like didn't care. Like I'd be like, <laughs> it, would, it would be like, it would not really be like a a segue to the conversation that'd be like oh and my daughter has autism and they're like oh yeah, it makes no sense for right now yeah yeah <laughs> that was the first one of the first pieces I ever wrote was the first time I said autism out loud to this random girl at the zoo 
Uh, <laughs> it was trying to make me take my two children off the freaking carousel. And I was like, no, we're not doing that, lady. Um, <laughs> my Nixon wasn't even formally diagnosed. He had an at-risk diagnosis at the time. But it is like, it's like you don't know how to do it or the right way to do it or what to say or it what words to foreign. say. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, like we have this big fair here every year and I volunteered and I was like paired with this like she had to be in her 70s, right? And she's the sweetest lady, right? And she's telling you about her amazing grandkids and she's just so sweet and she's asking me about my life and I was like, oh, I have two kids and I'm like, I can't, maybe six and four. I can't remember the ages or whatever. But what's hard is like when people ask about age specific things mm -hmm. and like, you can't like, so Cooper wasn't in a grade because he was in therapy and he didn't, like, I remember her being like, my grandson's that age and he loves star Wars. And I was like, you know, and finally I like got, I, I, this is like a, it was a huge turning point for me. I was like, so frustrated by her sweet badgering that I was like, <laughs> he's disabled. And like, she was like, Oh, she like backpedaled. She's like, no, but I'm go volunteer over there you know but I was so sick of her like I was like I just needed to say it like let's stop like I feel like I feel like I was like pretending like that he was someone yeah. else yeah and I, yeah. and I, I had to get past. That. I don't do that anymore. I mean, obviously, but it was so hard. Yeah. Well, and I think it's the reactions to when you say it, because there's a different variety of reactions that people give you when you say, you know, my child is autistic or has a disability. You, it's a weird thing the way people respond and getting used to that too. Like now it's whatever, like you do you, whatever, however you're going to respond to this. I don't care at this point in time. Like we're trying to get to the car. I, I don't have time for your reaction here, yes. but, I, but it takes time to get used to that too, is the other people's response to you. Yeah. But I was going to say, Kate, that's what you've done. Like you made it possible for us to share. Like the fact mm -hmm. that I'm just going to pass your book along to other people to explain, but that's like what your blog's done, what your platform's done and what your book's going to do is helps normalize this and help people mm -hmm. know that it's not a dirty word to say that your kid has autism or is autistic no. and it's okay to ask people about it. And it's so much deeper than that too. Like these are the struggles that parents have. This is also what your foundation's doing for parents and siblings and caretakers in general. It's like, it's hard on a lot of different levels and that's also okay. And we can talk about it to help those people. Yes. And your page has allowed all of us to write. Yeah. All of us, yeah. every single one of us that has inspired us yeah. to do, which I think uh, I know a hundred percent in uh, return has allowed our families to understand, mm -hmm. even though they live it beside us, it, it helps them understand kind of where we're at because I didn't talk about it personally. My family never understood dinners, why her iPad had hundred and, and why things were so different, but they understand it now. And that is largely in part because of you. So thank you. Um, I know I speak for all of us when we say you have really kind of broken the barrier and helped all of us get to where we are in the acceptance process. Mm. And we are forever grateful, pardon the pun, yes. forever boy, <laughs> to everything that you have done for us. You are a pioneer. We are so grateful to know you. We are so thankful to you. Yes. Um, forever boy comes out tomorrow. Kate Swinson, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. Yes. We cannot say enough. We will put the links to Amazon in here. And we are so excited. All, all shot with Cooper, all of this. You oh, know, and this. I always say that to you. Thank you, thank you, mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, Your boy has helped thank us you all. For Yes, thank you for joining us tonight, too. Yes, and thanks for taking the time. I can yeah. hear my, my baby screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Wait, like, you're done. You guys are done. Okay, okay, go, go, go. Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.
Forever Boy by Kate Swenson is available tomorrow, April 5th. Make sure you grab a copy. If you'd like to learn more about Kate, you can follow her at Finding Cooper's Voice on Facebook and Instagram. Also check out her website, FindingCoopersVoice.com. Thank you for joining us at the table for episode two of our 10th series, All About Autism. If you are enjoying the podcast and where your listening allows, we would appreciate if you could rate and review us. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to contact us, please do so at table45podcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Make sure you join us next week for the third episode of our 10th series. We'll see you there. Bye.